A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. If you are following along in your Bibles, the correct reference is Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just curious, how many of you grew up in churches that paid any attention to the Reformation? Okay, there's a few reprobates, I see. Um, Well, I did not. My father attended the Ashland Avenue Baptist Bible College in Lexington, Kentucky. And this was the book that was second to the Bible for him. The title, it was written by J.M. Carroll. My mother wrote my dad's name at the top, Albert E. Smith. You can barely see it. The Trail of the Blood is the name of the booklet. The subtitle, Following the Christians Down Through the Centuries, or... The history of Baptist churches from the time of Christ, their founder to this day. And inside is a map of the time of Christ until today of supposedly the Baptist church. There's only two things wrong with this. It's bad theology and it's bad history. but my dad thought it was great. And so that's the way I was raised. The Reformation, we were not Protestants. We were Baptists. So, once I went to college and learned church history, uh, I had to acknowledge that, yes, we are part of that lineage of the Reformation. L.D. Johnson was the longtime chaplain of Furman University, and he told the story about his granddaughters, Laura, age five, and Carol, age nine, who riding in the back seat of the car one day as he, dro- as he drove, Laura, the five-year-old, called up to the front seat, Grandma, do you believe in the Easter Bunny? No, said Mary and L.D.'s wife, I don't. Do you believe in the Easter Bunny, Pop? Well, being... The trained theologian in the family and the eldest and wisest of several theologians, he set out to give her a lecture on the origins and meanings of the Easter Bunny. Only a couple of sentences in, and she sensed where this was going, and so she interrupted. 
Do you believe? That's all I want to know. In the gospel text that Ray read to us, Jesus starts off with a question, what are the people saying? But doesn't end there, does he? He asks a question that cuts to the very heart of the matter, a question that calls us out, demands more than just some kind of theological answer, some kind of school answer. It's an interesting progression, isn't it? Jesus asked the question, what are other folks saying about me? That one's easy. But then Jesus zeroes in, what do you say? Who do you say that I am? That's a whole different question, isn't it? It's easy easy for me to talk about you, but when you ask me, that's something different. What about you, Lane? Ceases to be a game. It's not just school anymore. It gets to be church, doesn't it? Where's your primary allegiance, Lane? Is it with me? Is it with following me wherever I lead? Whatever I ask you to do, wherever I ask you to go? Where is the dollar? Number one for you. Is your country? Number one for you. Is your job the most important thing to you? What do you say, Lane? What do you say? It's not enough to say, well, I believe in God. Well, the Bible reads that even Satan believes in God, so we're no better off than Satan at that point. Truth is, people hate and kill in the name of God, don't they? It's not enough to believe, but rather, what kind of God? Is it the one we experience in Jesus Christ? See, many of us are like Karl Barth who said that some, when they're looking for Jesus, are like people who look down into a deep well and and see the water and see a reflection of their own faces and think it's Jesus. That happens more often than we like to admit. More often than we like to admit, Jesus ends up thinking, acting, and looking like me. Jesus doesn't like the people that I don't like. Jesus has the same blind spots that I have. Jesus loves my country the way that I do more than any other country. Jesus agrees with me about the political issues of the day. The only problem is... Like this little book, that's all wrong. It's all wrong. That's not who God is. That's not who Jesus is. It's merely a reflection of my own small world and my own small sinful mind. Anne Lamott said, quoting a friend, you can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. So what's God like? Like Jesus. Keeps breaking free of the ways we try to limit, define, and domesticate. So what's God like? Remember Jesus feeding the 5,000? That's what God's like. Remember when Jesus said, permit the children to come to me, come near to me? That's what God's like. 
Remember when the leper came to Jesus and asked for healing and Jesus healed him, made him clean? That's what God's like. You remember when Jesus took a towel and a, and, and a basin of water and knelt down in front of his disciples and washed their feet? That's what God's like. Do you remember when Jesus drug that cross up the hill to Golgotha? That's what God's like. For you to say to Jesus, as Peter did, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, is a scandalous, provocative thing to say. To say and mean that means that you subjugate every other relationship that you have with individuals, with groups, with nations, with material things. It's a threat. It's a threat to our world that operates under much different values. And you and I know what those values are pretty well, don't we? Because more often than we like to admit, we function by those values. You see... I've got a little secret to tell you. I've always preached a better gospel than I've lived. And my guess is, is that you know a better gospel than you live as well. We know the values of this world. Might makes right. It's okay to use others for our purposes. Money talks. Money talks. You give lots of money and they, they name buildings. They name schools. They name streets. They name stuff at money talks. Bending the truth. Perhaps outright lying is acceptable in the world of business and politics. That's the way this world works. The poor, oh, they get what they deserve. Let them get a job. You know, we forget sometimes that just about all of us are immigrants. This really isn't our land. We're just squatters for a few years, you know. Just squatters, that's what we are. One of my good friends, Tom Cantwell, lost his wife at 12.35 Tuesday afternoon, Eastern Time. 57 years old, Brenda was, when she died. We're just squatters for a few years. And then we're gone. You know, I, I used to couldn't wait for Christmas, and now Christmas comes every third week, it seems. You know, it's just a little while, and we're gone. We could go on, couldn't we? We, we, know, we know how the world works. But you get, a, you get a hint of the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Caesar in this world. In the text... Who do you say that I am? It's plural. It's not just to individuals. It's to the community of faith. To all of us. 
It's a question to the church, and our answer is important. Never fear, though, the gates of Hades won't prevail against Christ's church. Hades, the place of the dead. What Jesus is saying is that the church of Jesus Christ will never die out. You and I may fail as a community of faith, but in spite of us, the church will remain. The poet Southey said, I could believe in Christ if he didn't drag behind him his leprous bride, the church. Another said, Jesus has many admirers who feel that he married beneath his station. They love Christ but are unable to love those whom he has loved. You see, the church of Jesus Christ with all its flaws, which includes you and me, continues not because of us, not because we're so bright, not because we're so committed or have so much to offer, but because Christ wills it. And it will continue. The only question is, are you and I going to be a faithful part of it? Who do you say that I am, Jesus asks us this morning. Martin Luther's 95 Theses, which popular legend has it that he nailed to the Wittenberg Castle Church door on August the 31st, 1517, 500 years ago, Tuesday. They accused the Roman church, asked questions of all kinds about the practices of the church. It, the, the name of it, you may want to get out a pen, write this down, disputation on the power and efficacy of indulgences. Sounds like a gripping read, doesn't it? But it was an invitation for conversation about the dissonance between what Luther saw as the faithful church of Jesus Christ and the church that existed at the time. And that's always a conversation that we need to be having. Always. Pope Leo X condemned Luther's views as heretical. And as a result, Luther was summoned to either renounce or reaffirm his views at the, at the Diet of Worms when he appeared before the assembly on April the 17th, 1521, Johann von Eck, the Archbishop of Trier, acted as a spokesman for Emperor Charles V. Maybe you've seen the movie. In the movie, there's a table, and all of Martin Luther's writings are on there. And Eck asks, do you affirm or do you deny what you have written? Luther requested time to think and pray, and it was granted. He prayed, consulted with friends and mediators, and presented himself to the Diet of Worms the next day. When the counselor put the same question to Luther, the reformer apologized for the harsh tone of many of his writings, like some of those emails that you've sent and you thought, ooh, I wish I could get that one back. I didn't say it exactly like I wanted it to be said. But Luther said, I can't reject the majority of them or the teachings in them. 
he respectfully but boldly stated, unless I am convinced by proofs from Scripture or by plain and clear reasons and arguments, I can, I can and will not retract, for it is neither safe nor wise to do anything against conscience. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. On May the 25th, the emperor issued his edict of Worms, declaring Martin Luther an outlaw. Who do you say he is? Not just today, but tomorrow morning and next week. Is he truly Lord? Where do you stand? Where do you stand? Oh God, we are convicted because too often we live by the values of this world rather than the values of your kingdom. Oh God, move us in the right direction. We want to stand with you, oh God. Oh God, it's not easy. But that's where you call us to go. May we be faithful, O oh God. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.